Hi everyone. Just a reminder that this show is not legal advice, trading advice, financial advice, or personal advice. Enjoy the show and thank you very much. This show is sponsored by the MIT Sloan School of Management's Blockchain Technologies online program, delivered in collaboration with Get Smarter, and by Formosa Financial, financial services for blockchain innovators. Yo, yo, welcome to Crypto 101, the average consumer's guide to cryptocurrency. This is Matthew Aaron. And do you know what confirmation bias is? Confirmation bias is the tendency to search for, interpret, favor, and recall information in a way that confirms one's pre-existing beliefs or hypothesis. I think it was confirmation bias when I was talking to Max Cordex of Lisk for a Lisk 101. And that's because I've always thought that a project can't have a distributed governance if it's going to be a startup or try to get off the ground. They need to have a person or a couple people making decisions to make sure that this startup, this project moves in a way for the best interests of the company. After they're established, they can make whatever decision they want to run it however they want and distribute the governance if they like. And Max, the CEO and founder of Lisk, thought the same thing. And he's going to tell you about Lisk 101 and his idea of the role of CEO and founder in startups and at Lisk. But before that, please go to Crypto101Podcast.com. There you can do many things. You can find our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram links. Join the conversation. Come talk to people that are in the crypto space to learn, to explore, to share ideas. And, well, discover the future of technology and blockchain. Become a patron. The Patreons, like I've always said, are the backbone of the community. They have always been there to give us a little bit of support when we really need it. I got a couple of surprises on the Patreon page for you Patreons, so please go to the Patreon page and check it out. Don't forget to check out our YouTube channel, Crypto 101 with Matthew Aaron, for roundups and my opinions on all the episodes that we put out. Also, make sure to subscribe to us on CastBox, SoundCloud, iTunes, Pocket Cast, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Leave us a rating and a comment. It helps us immensely. And don't forget that ICO 101 with Aaron Paul is showing up in the Crypto 101 feed. Now, without further ado, here is Max Cordex, CEO and founder of Lisk. We'll see you after the show. Max Kordek, CEO and co-founder of Lisk. Welcome to Crypto 101. Hey, thanks for having me. Sir, what we want to do today is we want to know about Lisk 101. Know about you first, what you did in the past, what caused you to start the company, and then we want to go through what Lisk does. A 101 on Lisk, different aspects of Lisk. Sidechain is a big thing on your website. I would love to know Sidechain 101, what that does, how it incorporates into Lisk, what Lisk plans to do in the future, and then, hey, some general questions about the crypto space. What do you think, sir? Sounds amazing. Let's jump into it. Perfect. I'm super excited to be here. So, sir, who are you? Where are you from? Tell us about yourself. Sure. So, my name is Max Kordek. I'm the founder of the Lisk Foundation and the Lightcurve GmbH in Berlin. And I'm 26 years old. I studied electrical engineering. I'm in the blockchain space since the end of 2012. So, approximately yeah, six years now. And I got into many different cryptocurrency communities and it was quite a journey. So first I was in proof of work currencies and I had a very small student apartment and my room heated up like crazy. 
And I started to begin a hate for all the work and all the heat and all the electricity waste. And therefore, I switched to proof of stake coins like NXT, in which I became a pretty active community member. But it was super decentralized. There was no clear leadership. And I thought, okay, hey, this doesn't work. Even for a decentralized movement or cryptocurrency, in the beginning, it needs to have this very strong leadership. Mm -hmm. So I switched to a crypto startup, but this one ultimately failed. And I thought to myself, hey, I can do it better. And I found a super nice and amazing, talented partner, Oliver Beddows. And we decided that out of the old startup we were working in together, um, we create an offspring called Lisk. Mm -hmm. And I immediately stopped studying at the university. It was super boring anyways, just sitting in the library all day long um, and getting like distracted by the cryptocurrency markets and white papers being released <laughs> at that time. So now I decided, okay, I make the full switch. And here I am now, two and a half years later, and it's an amazing journey until now. Excellent. Where are you right now? I'm in Berlin. Oh, right um, we, Yeah, so Lightcurve is the development and marketing studio for the Lisk project. And this one's based in Berlin. And I'm currently here in our new office and in the biggest meeting room we have. We call it the Cube because it's like a rectangular form with 16 seats. It's super beautiful. I would love to show it to you maybe uh, we can blend in some pictures later or I tweet about it, but it's amazing. Um, really gives you the vibe to work hard on the project. Right on, right on. I, I totally understand where you're coming from with this. You uh, were sitting in a university in the library reading. I'm kind of in the same situation. I'm doing my MBA and I just cannot mm -hmm. focus talking to people like you. Amazing conversations. Yeah. Why do I want to be in the library? So what is LISC? When you decided to start your own project, what were some of the things that you didn't like or did like that influenced you to start this project? So what I didn't like in other projects at that time was that they're super decentralized. There was no, um, we call it in German, like a red string, like a strategy in place. And there was no clear leader who was like leading the pack, leading the people to bring this project to completion. And for me, this is the reason why, for example, the, the cryptocurrency NXT or Next failed, because everyone just wants something different. And there's no collective pushing the whole project forward. Mm -hmm. And I think this is really, really necessary for a project to succeed. Because at the end, yes, it's decentralized, but at the end, it's just a startup as well, or at least some kind of a project which needs this push, you know. Um, other startups in this world didn't become successful because 20 people want 20 different things. No, mm -hmm. it was because one team wanted to achieve one thing. Mm -hmm. So this was what I totally didn't like. And that's why I always said from the beginning, Lisk is a startup. Um, now we are shifting a bit. So Lisk now is still a startup. It's managed by startups. But the whole thing is bigger than a startup. It's a movement, um, but still with a very clear leadership. What I liked from other projects, though, was a bit this openness for community contributions, um, the transparency, for example, in terms of the code, in terms of the progress, in terms of um, like who is working on it. So all these like open source transparency and openness factors I really liked. I think the world has to move into a direction where this is more and more the case for any startup. We can't have like mega corporations anymore in the future, which do stuff in secret. 
at least up to a certain point. There are right. always like competition reasons and so on. But this is something I really like um, or liked at that point in other projects. And I incorporated that also into LISC um, with like multiple blog posts every week, transparency reports, everything is developed in open source on GitHub in their repositories. So for me, everyone can get always an insight into what is going on. Just what we see now is that people often are not technical enough to go to GitHub, to go to projects and see every single version being completely sketched out there. Um, so that's why we are now also starting to translate that into everyday's language. That's actually amazing because Crypto 101, I can tell you right now, I am not versed in any language to go to GitHub to read anything. <laughs> so if mm -hmm. you can do a translation for people like me, that would be amazing. So do you think that some of these other projects with a decentralized governance, DAO or what have you, will not be the best solution? Or do you think that those kind of governance work for their systems? So my opinion is really, really strong that a project, whatever kind of, just an app, a decentralized revolutionary cryptocurrency platform or whatever, needs a leader in the beginning. At least, so in the back, back in the days I said like at least two years, but today I say at least four to five years. It's like just such a complex thing, you know? And if you don't push it forward, then you will fail ultimately. In terms of these decentralized governance models, I think they are super interesting. They are super interesting experiments and thought models. Um, they can work, but it's a risk, you know? And I would say I would not like to put my community at this risk at this time, um, at this point of time. Um, but it's definitely something where every decentralized project, every blockchain platform, every dApp has to move towards to. So in my opinion, if you want to be a truly decentralized project or movement, you cannot have like a centralized governance model forever, just in the beginning. So I think at some point, every project has to implement these thoughts. Um, but for me right now, it's still too early. I'm observing, um, but not deeply researching these parts yet because there are other more important things. But at one point, I think Lisk will also drift towards the sentiment to really open source it or to really um, like give it to the community. You know, this whole project that it's not in the hands, me or Oliver or other people anymore, mm -hmm. that it's really just a decentralized thing. You know, I wanted to ask this question a little bit later, but it kind of flows in it right now. You have a market sure. cap. You're sitting there at number 26 in, in market cap with $400 million market cap. Of course, it's way down than where it has been. The whole market mm -hmm. is down. Where do you think that market cap or that confidence comes from with Lisk? You said that you don't want to put the community at risk with a decentralized system. Do you think that the community has trust in you because of those decisions that you made or is it other aspects maybe that other aspects that we're going to talk about in the, in the future about the technology where do you think that that market cap comes from just to quickly point out our whole whole network is completely decentralized i'm just talking about the decision making right okay? no, i understand that, um, yes. which is centralized um so i think the market cap comes from really a multi multitude of things so First of all, I would say it's the trust into the team, um, the trust into what we are building, what we are accomplishing. In the last, I would say, two and a half years, we consistently 
developed and progressed the platform. You can go to GitHub, you see within the work week, every single day, multiple commits to multiple projects. Um, we have like super clear communications. Um, we have a super good marketing team, which is translating all of this work to the community so that they understand it. But we are also um, working on like other topics in terms of communications, like blog posts about just interesting industries which blockchain might disrupt or a super nice website on which you can just go to and extract all the information from on a very, very high level though. With, on super many events, we um, do business development. So the marketing aspect is also quite big, you know? So it's just that we consistently work on development and on marketing and people see that. If you go to Lisk.io and then on events and then just see the past events we were attending, or if you go to our GitHub and then just click on the activity and you see commits after commits after commits, um, then this gives a certain certain kind of trust, you know, that we are not running away. We're here to stay. And when we see like the 4,000 ICOs or whatever happened in the last one and a half years, then I'm not so sure if there are any projects that active at all. Um, we are constantly ranked in crypto MISO or um, this um, other ranking from, what, what's the name, DAPAL rating, I think consistently in the top five, I would say, in terms of code output. So this is like one huge aspect. We're just working our asses off, you know, and this is not the standard in the, in the industry. Um, another aspect um, is that we are very transparent about our team. Who has 52 people um, full-time within the development and marketing um, studio um, working on the project next to like a design agency in Berlin, a design agency in Poland, a PR agency in Dublin and in New York City and like a performance marketing agency in Rotterdam and Amsterdam. So it's a huge network by now. We are moving beast, you know. Um, so <laughs> there also comes trust from that. It's not really at one point where everything is happening. It's also now starting to get a bit more decentralized in the sense of clustering the work into different agencies. As stupid as it sounds, People trust Germans. I'm German. Somehow this is this was always a factor. People say, hey, Max is German. He has to deliver. Um, somehow this was always a factor. And I think also the last one is just people want to see this project to succeed. They just want to see a JavaScript framework or SDK for developers to build their own blockchains on. We're solving three problems here at Lisk, and they just want that these problems are all being solved because they would push the whole blockchain industry forward. Even if Lisk ultimately fails, we would have generated so much output that people can learn and benefit from them for the next 10 years probably. Right on, right on. We're going to go into Lisk 101 and what Lisk actually does in just a little bit, but I have a couple questions that came out of what you just said. What are your strengths and weaknesses? You know, after being in, you know, podcasting, there's a, a lot of things that we have to do. You know, I'm, I'm basically a mouth that talks into a microphone. But when it comes to like, you know, the media a aspect of marketing, this, you know, communication, I suck at that. I really do. Mm -hmm. So how do you fit into the list team? What do you do? Where do you add your strengths? And what, what's your weaknesses? Probably my strength and weakness at the same time is that I can do everything, but nothing right. 
like nothing perfectly good, you know. Um, I'm like a jack of all trades. I can develop a bit on the back end, develop a bit on the front end. I can do a bit of marketing, a bit of business development, a bit of presenting, a bit of speaking, but I'm not the best in anything of that, okay? Um, so probably that helped me tremendously to just find my way in the past. But now I would say I'm shifting, okay? I'm not a founder anymore who needs all these skills because he has only a team of two or three people and everyone is like a, a master of multiple skill sets. No, now with like over 50 people, mm -hmm. we are a company, right? And it's shifting to become a manager. That's why I'm reading a book as well, founded to, to, to CEO. And um, I think the weakness is just that I don't have any experience in that. But my strength is that I can adapt very fast and can really get into it, read books about it, speak with people about it, take trainings, and just find the way which needs to be found in order to progress, you know? So weakness, somehow, I'm not a real specialist in anything. Strength, however, is I'm not a specialist in everything, in, in anything, but I know <laughs> somehow everything. Um, and I'm dedicated, you know? Um, I think that's something what people also see after two and a half years in this blockbuster show of cryptocurrency and right. blockchain industry. Um, I'm still here. I'm still coming to the office at 7 a.m. I still leave in the evenings. I still want to make this happen. The only thing I'm not doing anymore, though, is to work my asses off the whole weekend long um, because that was just not sustainable. But we are here working extremely hard. And I think this persistence um, or like how other people call it grit um, is also something which stands out for me. But I'm uh, speaking about myself and I don't like that too much, but this is like... <laughs> no, that was, that was a good answer. That was a good answer. I, I, I feel the same way about myself. I do a lot of things, but not really anything well. Really excellent, excel at, be a master at it. You have 52 people, you said, that work for you right now. That's quite a lot of people. Where does the money come from? We did an ICO in the early 2016, mm -hmm. went from like February somewhere to March somewhere. And in this ICO, we raised 14,000 Bitcoin and we decided to not liquidate immediately for what it was worth at that time, mm -hmm. which was like $6 million. We kept it in Bitcoin. We paid the expenses for the first year ourselves because we didn't have a legal foundation at that point yet. And we couldn't touch the money without risking our personal lives forever. Right. And that's why we paid the first year ourselves. It was like super cheap anyways, like just a few ten thousands of euros. But once we had the foundation set, everything ran through the foundation. And at that point, then also the money got significantly more. And then with the recent bull run, even more. And now we have like, I think, 70, 80, 90 million dollars in funds <laughs> together with, yeah, it's crazy. Um, of course, together with the list we own and also at one point bought back and um, some free coins we got along the way, like Bitcoin Gold and Bitcoin Cash and so on, right. which were just airdrops. Right, of course, of course. So did you liquidate all that 14,000 uh, Bitcoin or you, did you went to hit that 19,000 mark back in the day or are you still holding it and then just, you know, cashing out when you need to to pay bills? Is there any income mm -hmm. from Lisk or are you just actually using this fund to keep this project going? Yeah, so we kept it in Bitcoin. You can just go to our website, Lisk.io, go to the footer, click on Lisk Foundation and there you have a live overview of our assets and how much they are worth in Swiss francs and US dollar. So we kept it. Might have been a mistake, 
But in my opinion, first of all, this whole space has such a tremendous promise. Right. Um, even if it goes not down right now to maybe $5,000, $4,500, the project is not at risk at all. Mm. Okay, We have always enough assets in fiat to keep running for like many, many months ahead, you know, without liquidating anything anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, that's on that side. We're now looking with our new board member. We just added to the LISC Foundation. So we're looking into like hedge falls and other instruments to keep the volatility of our portfolio as low as possible, but still with a consistent growth. The LISC Foundation itself has no income at this point because we just want to focus really on as much output as possible. But this will change in the future because we're going to organize events, which might also cost money, like conferences, which will showcase the LISC ecosystem with the many applications in future at least running on it. So at that point of time, the foundation will also earn an income and um, will be able to survive longer this way. But how I see it, we have like years and years of like funding available. So we are not in any risk here right now to go bankrupt or anything. Right, right, right. And now a word from our sponsor. MIT Sloan School of Management's Blockchain Technologies online program in collaboration with Get Smarter. The MIT Sloan Blockchain Technologies program takes place over six weeks entirely online and focuses on solving existing business problems through the use of blockchain. Participants in the program will learn how to harness blockchain to unlock business opportunities. The next presentation of the online program will take place on August 29th, and MIT is offering my listeners an exclusive $250 discount for the course. Register for the Blockchain Technologies course, and you'll be able to enter our promo code, CRYPTO101, that's C-R-Y-P-T-O-101, when making the payment. This $250 discount is limited to the August 29th presentation of the MIT Sloan Blockchain Technologies program only. Once more, you can receive an exclusive $250 discount when you sign up for the August 29th presentation of the MIT Sloan Blockchain Technologies online program using this promo code, CRYPTO101. Now, back to the show. All right, I think the time has finally come. What is Lisk? Finally. Um, <laughs> so, so if I explain like what is Lisk, I would like to first explain what problems we are solving. So, we determined like three problems within the blockchain space. The first problem is that it's pretty damn hard to develop your own blockchain. It's already hard to develop your own smart contract, mm-hmm. but imagine you want to develop your own blockchain. So we decided we want to make it easier. We want to bring this complexity down. So we took a parallel to the traditional internet space and we saw that people worked and released frameworks which drastically simplified the development of web applications um, so that these startups like Twitter, for example, could quickly work on a prototype in order to collect money then from there on. Therefore, we want to work or we want to release an SDK 
so, so such a framework which enables JavaScript developers to build their own blockchains. I'm and sorry, with that, what is an SDK? Ah, yeah. So SDK stands for Software Development Kit. Okay. Um, we call it a sidechain development kit. Um, and this is just a kit for developers, which includes all kinds of modules, libraries, documentation, code snippets, and whatever you need in order to develop something um, faster, easier, cheaper. And that's what we're working on. So if, mm. I, if I could define this as a very simple layman terms, Lisk is like a white label kit for blockchain. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Okay. Exactly. You still need to develop. So we're not like a WordPress of blockchain or anything. Mm -hmm. um, you still need the skills to develop, but it's just so much easier and faster because you don't have to reinvent the wheel all the time. Also, imagine um, you're like just forking. That means copying another existing blockchain project. And then you have this huge wall of code of like 50,000 lines or 100,000 lines in front of you, and you don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. With our system, you will not really have this wall of code in front of you. It will be hidden within modules, and you, you really just need to work on what you really want to change, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, um, it will be much, much easier for the developer to actually come up with something which works. So this is like the first problem we solve or are working on to solve. The second problem is accessibility. So we checked like desktop wallets, mobile wallets, and they are all still so complicated that just someone from the street could not jump right into it. So we are trying with, at this point, two user, uh, two, two design agencies and internally also a few designers um, to bring the user experience to such a level that really anyone can just jump right into it. And for that, we are currently developing Lisp Mobile and also um, Lisp Cup, which is a desktop application, which are going new ways in order to make it just simpler for users to interact with cryptocurrencies or especially with Lisp. So that's what we are also working on. And the third one is education. We have the Lisp Academy and the marketing team, which constantly translates complexity into, into like accessible, easy to digest pieces of information. So with the academy, our goal is that we can take, again, anyone from the street and convert him into like a cryptocurrency expert, a blockchain expert. Currently, it's just a huge amount of text with infographics, videos, pictures, illustrations, and so on and so forth, which is amazing in itself. But we have big plans for that to also transform it into something more interactive, you know? So these are like the three pillars we want to solve or the three problems we want to solve. Mm -hmm. And if you're asking what is Lisk, then at the end, Lisk is a platform on which all these three problems are coming together and are being solved on. If I would answer more, let's say, pragmatically, then I would say Lisk is a cryptocurrency. Lisk is running on its own blockchain. It has its own um, like token with LSK as the ticker symbol. We are running on delegated proof of stake for a consensus algorithm to keep the network decentralized and secure, but also very efficient. And currently, there's not so much possible within the Lisk ecosystem. You can send money around, you can start securing the, the network, but um, you cannot develop anything at this point. We are still super early stage. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that since one and a half years, and it's still the same, but this just proves our whole point 
that it is super complex to develop a blockchain. Mm -hmm. So that's making us actually more exciting to push out this SDK so that other people don't have the same frustrations and the same huge amount of work as we do. You know, our ultimate goal with Lisk is that we want to attract all kinds of JavaScript developers to let them build their own blockchains or like how I call or how we call it all the time, side chains mm -hmm. um, to build decentralized applications. And if I say side chain, then at the end of the day, it's just a new blockchain, but it is linked to our Lisk blockchain. So it becomes like a network of network, like a brain which grows with every new sidechain being added to it so that there's a certain kind of synergy between the different applications and between the platform as a whole so that not everyone is just building island solutions. Um, the biggest... Hey guys, TiVo here to tell you about the Ufi Video Lock, a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell all in one. That's right, three in one for triple the security. It's easy to install. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. It gives you keyless entry, so no more fumbling your keys when you have your hands full coming back from the grocery store. No more worry about the kids losing a house key. No more worry about a guest losing the house key or forgetting the passcode on your door. And for Airbnbers, it's a no-brainer as you can change the passcode at will between renters. It has available fingerprint recognition and it has AI self-learning chips. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You will have no anxiety with the battery charging. It is a rechargeable battery and it lasts around four months. But don't worry, when it's low, it'll give you plenty of weeks notice. And also, it always comes with a physical key as a backup. There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee to get your backup recorded, they're always recorded locally and you will always have access. Customer support for the Eufy Video Lock is 24-7, so you don't have to worry about any issues you have, and it comes with an 18-month warranty. What I love about this product is it is truly all-in-one. With the three-in-one, you don't have to go out and buy multiple parts. It's all in this package with the Eufy Video Lock. So if you're interested in learning more, go on Amazon and search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock. Again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock. Get complete control over your front door. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply strength of Ethereum is also its biggest weakness that it's all on one blockchain. 
That means it's not really scalable. That's why they're working on many solutions for that. But it's um, all on one blockchain. It means it's very accessible. Like the smart contracts are very accessible between each other. So you can have like, let's say, a decentralized exchange because all the tokens are on this one blockchain. Okay. Mm -hmm. But we are working with sidechains. That means everyone is working on his, on his own blockchain. That means we have the list blockchain in the middle. We have many different sidechains around. Mm -hmm. But how, how, how is there synergy? There isn't if there's no connection, no link. Right. So that's why um, we connect these sidechains to the main chain, to the main blockchain of Lisk, and in order to um, create this network of networks. Why is it a network of networks? Because they are their own blockchains, and they need to be secured by their own nodes. Else you have no scalability advantage if it's, again, on the same nodes like the main chain, you know? Um, so so connecting, you know, to, to, like, connecting the sidechains yeah. to Lisk then is just a, is a scalability solution. So say I have Crypto 101 token and, you know, there's not many people using Crypto 101 token. But then all of a sudden I have an influx of a lot of people wanting to come, I don't know, do whatever they want to do with the Crypto 101 token. Lisk is there for that scaling solution being connected to the main chain. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. So let's imagine you have your Crypto 101 token on your own sidechain, okay? Actually, sounds pretty good. And I should get one of those. <laughs> you, you should, but we're still not ready, okay? Oh, damn. Um, but, <laughs> but now imagine, like, every everyone who watches your videos or listening to your podcast or whatever should get one Crypto 101 token, okay? And suddenly, you're so super famous that you have millions of listeners and you need to distribute millions of tokens, okay? Mm -hmm. But then there's like another application coming from the side, which is CryptoKitties, for example, and it's clogging up the whole network. Mm -hmm. You cannot send the token to your one million followers anymore because the network is, the blockchain is full. You know, the blocks are all up to the maximum capacity. Um, and your followers are now getting frustrated and angry at you. They start to hate you. Hey, where's my token? I watched the podcast. It was amazing, but I want my token now. Right. You know? Um, and it's not your fault, it's the network's fault. Why? Because it's not scalable enough. But at the end, it was the fault, basically, of these other applications. Mm -hmm. Because they also had activity, they clocked up the network, okay? But if you're running on your own sidechain, there are no other applications. There is only you. So right. there's no one who could, like, clock up the whole network or the whole blockchain because it's just your use case on your own blockchain. My own network can get clawed, can't it? It can, yeah, definitely. So every block or every sidechain itself can again run into their own scalability problems if they um, grow too big. But if you're comparing, for example, to Ethereum, we see that the most successful decentralized application are definitely the decentralized exchanges. And they're nowhere near the capacity anyways um, of like filling up a whole blockchain if they are the only use case there at all, you know? Mm -hmm. So what we're basically doing is we um, delaying the problem a bit until there are decentralized applications which are, let's say, popular and big enough. However, um, we feel like um, inherently the whole system is much more scalable, like definitely, because you don't always have these super successful decentralized applications on every sidechain. There are many who just have, like, let's say, a thousand transactions per day, and that's enough, you know. But 
in probably like three, four years, we will have to work on other scaling solutions as well. But the advantage is at that point, other people will have contributed a great deal of input in these research topics and we can check it out, we can analyze it and we can implement something with a much more sophisticated, um, let's say, state than what currently is in place, you know? Are there anybody else trying to do this? With sidechains? Yeah. Um, so I heard, so actually I'm so busy, um, that's like just something, I, I think I said it uh, on some conferences in the past as well already, like we are so busy that we hardly can catch up and keep up to date with other <laughs> projects. Right. But it's okay um, because we're doing our own thing here. But I heard that Cardano, I think, is working on sidechains. Maybe EOS as well. Like they have some side projects for sidechains, you know. There might be some projects on Ethereum as well. But they're all like not very, let's say, the entire focus is not on that. They don't build the whole platform around this idea you know right so i think we're the only project where we set out from the beginning yes sidechains is what we do sidechains is what we are focusing on and that's it you know i yeah. always ask this question like who's your main competitors and who how do you differentiate yourself i, I always and all, very often i guess often are always are different so i often <laughs> get that the same answer is there's nothing else out there and i'm wondering mm -hmm. is there really nothing else out there i know you said that eos and cardano they're doing uh, possibly doing the sidechain, but nobody's doing it with a focus like Lisk. Is then the sidechain idea a good idea? Because if it's a good idea, people are going to copy it. If, you know, mm -hmm. Apple came out with the iPhone, next thing you know, there's touchscreens on everything. So, I mean, if it's a good idea, yeah. people are going to copy it. Is this a good idea? Mm -hmm. So, um, we started two and a half years ago um, based also on a white paper by Blockstream, which are actually working on that as well, but not with the idea in mind that other people can build sidechains. Now they're working on, on individual sidechains for very specific use cases. For example, in order to um, increase liquidity between exchanges, there was one sidechain being developed which connects these different um, exchanges so they can easier send cryptocurrencies among themselves, okay? So the idea in itself exists, but no one's working on a platform for developers so that they can reuse this idea um, or this thought of a, of a sidechain. Um, and then we just saw in the last two and a half years other projects picking up this, um, this idea of sidechains. That means Cardano came up, um, EOS came up, Ethereum also came up with these teams which are working on sidechain technology. Um, if you're saying like maybe it's not such a good idea, I think many people just prefer to quickly raise like 10, 20 million dollars and work on a D app in, in the form of a smart contract on Ethereum. Why? Because it's just so much easier. Right. People see that it's just such a huge challenge to have your own blockchain mm -hmm. and to have your own unique aspect of it and pushing it forward. We're working on stuff no one ever worked before on. It's like we're pioneering entire fields and it's not like we can look very far into the future because there are so many things along the way we just don't know and have to figure out ourselves because no one figured them out before in history, you know? Um, so I think that's one deciding factor. Another one is people always talk about how fast the space is moving. Mm -hmm. But if you're actually looking very deep, very low level on the technological improvements, 
it's moving very, very slow. Mm-hmm. It's like Casper's in development since the years. And it's very understandable because it just takes this time. But it's not like every month there's a, a new amazing consensus algorithm or like huge improvements in terms of scalability or anything. No, the real technological improvements are very slow. And why? Because it's just so complex, you know? So I think maybe people are working on sidechain technology, but they don't publish anything or they gave up along the way because the funding was also not nece- uh, like big enough um, or they just determined, okay, hey, Lisk is already doing that. It would be too much of an effort to now catch up, you know? Right. I have a confession to make, actually. And I, I, I'm looking at the websites right now and I, I see that the logo has changed. I think about a year, yeah. a year and a half ago, you guys had this like green gem orb with like little crystals sticking out of it. Was it- yeah, crystal, but it was blue. It's the sixth symbol yes, it was, yes, on it was your blue. blue Crypto 101 poster there. So yeah, we changed it in um, like a relaunch event we did back in February this year. Because before we had like a super ugly website, we had this logo which remembers people of World of Warcraft. Um, <laughs> we didn't have a, a clear like mission statement, brand communication, corporate identity, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, product logos, nothing, okay? And we did it, or we, we revealed it um, together with the agency who worked on that called Tycho Nauten, which is also based here in Berlin, in the relaunch event, like I said, with over 500 people coming all together from all over the world, really from Japan, from Mexico, from China, from America, from all over Europe, just to see our new logo and our new design and website <laughs> you know the, the logo was a was a very good call I, w- I remember about a year when i just started crypto 101 i used to do this uh segment called rants and commentaries and i would look at the different projects out there and, and comment on like either their branding or, or what, what have you um i remember i did one with vertcoin and vertcoin reached out and was like and g- gave me some shit for it but i remember i recorded one about lisk in the blue crystal now, and I didn't release it. Where did the crystal come from? And I'm really happy you changed it, but where did the crystal come from? Lisk itself comes from the word obelisk. So it's like this uh, monument, like this pillar with a pointy top, you know? And we contracted back in the day a designer, um, I think from Brazil, and he came up with it. And we didn't really have any time. We prepared everything in like six weeks or so. It means the whole website, the whole like initial right. um, cleanup of the code, the logo, and so on and so forth, including the whole ICO. And so it was a crazy time. And we just said, okay, hey, it looks nice. And the nice thing is people will think like, what the fuck is this? What is this logo? <laughs> and they will click on it. And then they will read, oh, it's actually not such a bad project. Right. And it worked. You know, it worked. People clicked on it. People, it. This logo was everywhere suddenly, and people invested a great deal of money into our ICO. So in that aspect, it was very controversial, but it worked in that regard. Right. Um, so we decided to just go with it. And we knew at one point we have to rebrand into something more mature and more professional anyways. So um, I'm, a, I'm not such a big fan of moving very, very fast again and again. I think like it makes more sense to just take something which is there, work with it, and then maybe a year later we can think about what to make better out of that. Okay, so we did that, and I think it worked at the end. But yeah, I agree. The logo itself also reminds me of World of Warcraft. Um, but <laughs> well, that's how it is. It right? was it was a little pixelated and everything. It was it was it was a quite quite funny logo. 
I, I can send you the super high resolution one if you want. Oh, and please. You can print it out. And <laughs> I, I can hold, hang it on the wall back here. I need a couple pictures for my wall. I've been asking the Crypto 101 community and I haven't got anything yet. So if, if I can print it out to be 60 by 91, that'll be perfect. I'll put it in my wall. <laughs> I, I will check it out. Um, I will send you a message afterwards. All right. It sounds, it sounds good. I, uh, one of the other companies that had like a really bad logo when, when I was looking at them was AntShares. And I was like, I am not going to invest in a company with a stupid little ant, no matter what they say in their white paper, no matter who Da Hong Fei is. I don't care. Wow, was yeah. that, was, that, was, that was a mess up right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, so if you, look, if you look at the whole blockchain space, okay, at least a few years ago, it was so, like, even impressively unprofessional, you know? Just yes. these projects, it's like hacker <laughs> projects sometimes. But... This is exactly what I love in this industry, you know? It just came from this super messy, super unprofessional area or like, look, and it's evolving and it's still damn unprofessional. And if you compare people within the space who are like experts, and if you compare them just to people outside of the space who are experts, right. there's also a huge difference in skills, you know? Right. So the whole space is just so young that um, experts are much more easier to find but they're actually not experts and projects just look stupid, you know? But this will change. I mean, the early Facebook looked really stupid. The early Twitter looked also really, really stupid. There are these pages in the, in the internet where you can look at like how projects changed over time. Huh. And actually nearly every startup looked a bit shitty in the beginning. But I think <laughs> that's just the normal way, you know? With no money, what, will, what do you want to do? And then as you get more money, you can get more professional. And now a word from our sponsor, Formosa Financial. Financial services for blockchain innovators. Formosa Financial found that the biggest bottleneck for most blockchain innovators is access to banking. They fundraise and innovate in the crypto world, but they operate in the real world. Employee salaries, rent, bills are all in fiat. Almost all blockchain companies can't get a bank account, so everyone is using Band-Aid solutions to manage their funds properly. The solution? Formosa Financial. At Formosa Financial, we've created the ideal financial service platform for all blockchain innovators. First, we've secured reliable banking partnerships that enable us to offer banking services to blockchain innovators. We focused on banking partnerships, licensing, and compliance. Second, we've built a suite of financial services that can help blockchain innovators manage their funds conveniently so they can focus on growing their business. We've built a brokerage account, crypto to fiat trading, and we have risk management services. How can you make sure that $10 million in crypto today is worth $10 million next year so you can operate your business? Well, we have a solution. If you're an innovator or an investor, please check out Formosa Dot financial. That's F-O-R-M-O-S-A dot financial for more information. Now, back to our show. Let's go into some uh, general questions really quick because I know you, you have to vacate that room for another meeting that's coming in in about 10 yeah. minutes. Yeah. You mentioned you are trying to make the transition to CEO from founder. Yeah. Who are some of the mentors in the space right now that you might look to, or who are some of the people in this space right now that you might look to to help you or help guide you through that transition? 
That's a super difficult question. So in my opinion, this whole space or industry is still so young. There are no clear, let's say, leaders or people who evolved to become very, um, let's say, successful, you know, because it's just so young. What is successful? What is success even? Is it a high market cap? I would say no. It's like a project or a platform being used by real world people. Mm-hmm. And that no one achieved yet. Um, of course, there are like big personalities within the space which do certain things very, very good and other things quite bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I said in the beginning, I treat Lisk as a startup. So I rather look into other startups, into other industries, to other people which make things a success, you know? And, and who would that here be? I, yeah, I have a multitude of people, uh, definitely Richard Branson, definitely Elon Musk, definitely Steve Jobs, but also, let's say, less like famous, but still very famous people like, like Dorsey from Twitter or even Zuckerberg from Facebook, you know? Like they might not be seen as popular in public, but actually they're doing a pretty damn good job in general, right. you know? You're not building like multi-billion dollar companies or even like two at the same time, like Dorsey, without having certain qualities and personality. So I'm just like checking around, reading different books, even like autobiographies like from Benjamin Franklin to see what these personalities did right in their life and how I can apply it to myself, you know. But I think it's you should never just copy. You should just get inspired. Right. And in order to find your own way. So these are like some persons I really like. I really think they did something big for, for this world or at least changed it. I'm looking forward to a time where such giants also appear within the cryptocurrency space. Looking into the crypto space, is there anybody that you respect that you look to if they're tweeting, that you read what they tweet or you would really like to, if you see them at a conference, you walk over and say, what's up, man? And you want to wrap out with them for a yeah. little bit. Yeah, sure. So um, there's so many people in the crypto space who became my friends. It's crazy. What I really respect is that people stay normal and sane, even though they became multimillionaires. And I respect if people just continue working on their projects diligently. Who, 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 who maintained their sanity now that they're stupid rich? I don't want to name any names here. Oh, that's too bad because exactly. I bet you they would probably appreciate that. They'd be like, hey, thanks for calling me a sane person. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But it's a weird topic, you know, um, because I can tell you I'm very normal here with all my black clothes, my $10, $20 T-shirt and so on. But I also have some things which are a bit more expensive, but that's just normal, right? But I'm still very humble in, in, in overall. And the same is for these persons probably. Yeah, maybe there is this Lamborghini show and they want to sit in a Lamborghini once, but they don't buy it, you know. Mm. Um, but what I appreciate even more is a person who just continues the working on their project every single day, you know. And here I can really name many projects from Ethereum to Economy to um, I forgot this one. Too many projects in my head right now, <laughs> but um, there there's just so many projects which just continuously work and work and work and some of them are so low in market cap you know and Mm -hmm. it's crazy if you think about it like 40 people working on it every single day and they have a market cap of 40 million dollars or so while other projects with no work at all private repositories 10 people in the team they have like 10 times of that you know 
And it's all just due to the hype or to some other, like, let's say, unfair token distributions, which make it look very pricey, but actually it's just in the hands of very few people. So these projects are projects and the people behind it I really admire because they just continuously to work very hard. Besides your project, what projects do you think will have the most impact in the future? So definitely Ethereum. They're like the front runner. I'm a big fan of Bitcoin. Some people don't like the slow progress, but I think for the beast Bitcoin is right now, it's necessary. Else, like I think if we're talking about, about impact, mm -hmm. then it's definitely all those different kinds of blockchain application platforms, right? Like Ethereum, like Lisk, like Icon, and so on. They're going to have a big impact in terms of technology. But I think an even bigger impact actually will have, like, um, let's say, companies who are creating, like, force, who are working on custody, so that really everyone can get into the space from, like, let's say, pension funds to single huge investors to lift it all up in terms of maturity, professional professionality, um, and just, like, price in itself, which is, like, weight, which gives this industry more premise, you know, more, like, um, seriousness, um, from which then, again, ETFs can evolve and so on. So these things, I think, will have a much bigger impact because then more eyes are on the space, more money is within the space, and more things on the technological level can then be achieved again. So right now, Lisk is at, I don't know, $350, $4. We can, of course, do much less now with the Lisk tokens we have than when it was at $40. Mm -hmm. So at $40, I could have liquidated, let's say, 100,000 Lisk from my Pioneer's world in order to support decentralized applications on Lisk, and I had... I would have quite a lot of money to support multiple of projects. Now the same amount of money would just support like 10% of these projects, right. you know? So I think that's a big factor. We need more capital within the space, but we also need better governance. Um, like we cannot have these ICOs which just go, run, like go wild and run away with the money. Um, we need like better regulations. We need be better systems to control or to validate if a project is real or not, you know? This was at $40? Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And I would, I would assume that happens maybe in one or two years. But for us, it's not a big problem because we, right. we know it's going to go up in the future. We're working on it every day and it's a quality project. So um, we're not too, let's say, afraid of the price, you know? Uh, me personally, I don't really look at the price at all for this. Uh, I keep an eye on the price for Bitcoin in order to have like an overview of the funding we have. But um, in general, price prices don't matter at this point. And I actually like that it went down a bit because when it goes down, people start to work. When mm -hmm. it goes up, no one's working. Everyone's just partying, you know. <laughs> right. When it goes down, <laughs> everyone is getting asses into the basement and start contributing, right. start working on it. And that's where the biggest progress comes. Damn, you know, you're not the first, you're, you're not the first person to say this either. You're like the second or third person in the past couple of weeks to uh, say this on the yeah. show. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You know, it's just true. I mean, so many projects came around during the super beer trend of Bitcoin. And these projects are all still here, you know, mm. but all these ICOs, which came during the bull run, right? I don't hear so much from them. Some of them, yes, but not many. You nope. know, nope. All right, I have I have two more questions. We have to go quick. I know you have mm -hmm. to get out of that room. Yeah. If 
this was the first podcast a new person getting into the space heard. They just heard Max and they heard you rapping out about Lisk. What would you tell them as their first piece of advice? For entering Lisk or for, for entering, entering the into space? for entering into the crypto space? Because Crypto 101 Enter is a 101 place. So if, if mm-hmm. they're looking for something 101, they might see my episode of how mm-hmm. to register a Coinbase account. What is a wallet? Yeah. Crypto security. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They okay. might they um, might hit hit you up at next and go oh this is the first person I've ever heard talk about a project what would you want them to know yeah yeah so I would say listen guy you're working probably eight nine hours a day the day is twenty four hours spend your free time in educating yourself about this whole topic don't just go blindly into it and buy some stuff no just educate yourself and learn more about it what does it mean for like different industries. Where can it disrupt them? What is it on a technological level? And once you have a very nice overview, I would tell them uh, to start a career in it. I mean, it's such a huge field. It needs much more talents. And people like also we, we are looking for people um, to join us left and right everywhere, you know, and we need that. And you need a podcaster? I know somebody. <laughs> um, just, just forward that to me, you know. We never know. We never know. Um, so... Really, like people just need to educate themselves more. They should not start to invest blindly, just educate themselves and then try to find a way into the space to contribute to it. Because a, hu- a human being has to, like, let's say, generate more content than he consumes. And that's a great way, I think, because it's still so young. So it's quite easy to generate a lot of valuable stuff within the blockchain industry. Right on, brother. Max. Thank you very much for coming on Crypto 101, spending an hour with us and telling us about Lisk 101, Max 101, and a little bit about your opinions 101. Last question, what three songs would you like on the Crypto 101 Spotify playlist? When I was just talking about consuming, I'm like the only thing where I'm just consuming is really music. Um, and I never know the names, so I quickly <laughs> gonna open my iTunes. Uh, I'm the same I, I, I listen, I love it. I put it into the into a, a playlist, and I never look at it again. And I listen only like to two or three songs at a time, and then hundreds and hundreds of times. So three songs. <laughs> so you have to know, um, I'm listening to German rap. Wow, so, that's the first time for for the playlist. Nice. <laughs> so I would say one song might be. Vorbild from Bushido. Another one might be Outro Polar Lights from Bosca. And the last one is a Japanese song, actually. It's Odd Future from Uverworld. So these are the three songs I would put on your on your playlist. They're very different songs, but I like them a lot. And I listen to them all the time. Just Actually, I just listen to one song and just let it play the whole day into my head and I can listen to it like 500 times I still don't know any sentence of the text it's just for my brain to, to have some background noise you know <laughs> Max co-founder CEO of Lisk thank you very much for coming on the show you have a good day and I hope to talk to you again soon sir definitely it was a pleasure thanks for having me All great right. day to you too see you bye bye Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Crypto 101. Max, if you're listening, thank you very much for coming on the show. And remember to pop over to YouTube. About two or three days after the podcast, I post my opinions and roundups of the episodes. In our next episode, fake community, fake volume, 
fake products, what is real in ICOs? And we sat down with Daniel, Ian, and Brian of Torino on ICO 101 with Aaron Paul. We talk about all of the things that can be fake and we confirm what's fake in the crypto space, ICO space, and media space. After that, we have another listener episode. I love the listener episodes. The last one was great. Thank you guys again for coming on. And after that, we have on Shil Nye, who's a content creator, very humble with a hell of a story. Can't wait to sit down and talk to him. Thank you very much for listening. Oh, and before we go, like always, ApogeeCrypto.com, A-P-O-G-E-E, Crypto.com, the best place for your real-time prices, CryptoNews.com for your news, and we will see you in the next episode of Crypto 101. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.